What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 331. On Now You Know. We're brought to you, as always, by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash know. We have lots of different perk levels that you can sign up for to both help support the show and get some pretty cool stuff. Today's episode is sponsored by Babbel. Babbel teaches real-world practical conversations for travel and business. When we were driving to lunch the other day, you were doing one of your Babbel Italian courses in Sparky. Yeah. I mean, I love that I can squeeze in a lesson into my busy day pretty much wherever I am. And it only takes a few minutes. But does that really work? Because like in high school, I had one hour long Spanish classes. Yeah. And how did that work out for you? <laughs> uh, no muy bien. <laughs> Exactly. Babbel has short 10-minute interactive lessons using award-winning technology scientifically proven to get you speaking in just three weeks. Okay, but wait, how does Babbel help you with the speaking part? Yeah, Babbel's speech recognition helps improve pronunciation and accent. Here's me taking a lesson. Abito a Trieste. Io abito a Roma. In my high school, we had very little time spent talking one-on-one -on -one with the teacher. Yeah, with Babbel, I'm doing a lot of speaking, which is why I'm learning so much faster. I'm so glad you're enjoying Babbel. Well, I urge you to give it a try. Sarai felice di averlo fatto. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you've been wanting to learn a new language or brush up on one like Zach, click on our link in the show notes for Babbel and get 60% off your subscription. Yeah, there's no risk in trying Babbel. They offer a 20-day money-back guarantee. So I was so happy when I first heard this story last week. I think a lot of you heard about this story that a family of four was saved by their Tesla Model Y that fell down a 250-foot cliff called Devil's Slide in California on January 2nd. I mean, the two kids, a four-year-old girl and a nine-year-old boy, were basically unharmed and brought out by rescuers on a rope, and the two parents only suffered minor injuries and were rescued by helicopter. But then we were all shocked to learn that according to authorities, this was potentially an intentional act, that basically the father may have driven the car intentionally off the cliff. Last Tuesday, the CHP announced that the 41-year-old Darmesh A. Patel of Pasadena had been arrested and could face charges of attempted murder and child abuse. Brian Pottinger, Cal Fire Battalion Chief, said, We come out here, unfortunately, all too often for things like this, and this was nothing short of a miracle today. They survived. And, I mean, this is incredible because as I was doing research on this, there's been approximately one fatality per year at this location. It's a really windy road. Many cars go off the road. And I think what this showcases more than anything is that the Tesla Model Y is the safest car on the road. I think a lot of us kind of forget that because we see five-star ratings on things all the time. We're like, oh, everything's got five stars. No, no, no. If you look at the stats here, the Model Y with real-world data has proven to be the safest car. And this is just one more anecdotal piece of evidence that, I mean, the car fell off a cliff and everyone survived. All right, so remember when Elon said this following the introduction of the Model S and X plaid yoke. So Fred had asked, any chance of a normal steering wheel option? And Elon said, no. Well, Elon lied. 
That's right. It appears enough Plaid customers demanded regular old round steering wheels and Tesla gave in, which Elon said that he would never do in a million years. Uh, he didn't say that. He just said no. <laughs> My guess is that it wasn't just the yoke that people didn't like, but also the lack of a stock. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure that most people who can afford the plaid are probably older. And as you get older, like me, you kind of get set in your ways. Well, and also trying to figure out how to do the turn signals and the horn. And from what I've been hearing, it's kind of the lack of tactile borders. So basically, you have to look down at your fingers to see if they're in the right place. Um, so I think it just made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Um, but now there's an option. Yeah. And the good news is that whatever your choice, it doesn't seem to affect the price or the delivery date. Unless you already bought your car. What do you mean? Well, there is a retrofit available for people who already have a Model S or Model X with the yoke. And if they wanted to get a round steering wheel, it's $700 and it won't be available until March. Well, but at least you get the option. True. I mean, if you really hated the yoke, that's true. Although I think by now you probably got used to all the uh, the ways that it works. Maybe but. I don't know. Anyway, what do you think? Should Tesla have stuck to their yokes? And whether you like round or yoke, if you like the show, hit the like button. It really helps us out. Last Wednesday, the fourth, these two images of a Tesla semi truck in Pepsi livery surfaced. The truck was being towed and the location was found to be in Sacramento, California, two blocks away from the Pepsi bottling plant that it apparently works at. Wait, so what was wrong with it? We don't know. Where was it going? We don't know. Tesla Drive Canada called the towing company who would only confirm that it was Tesla who called to tow the semi. So what does this mean? Are Tesla semi trucks unreliable junkers ready to quit at a moment's notice? <sighs> Again, we don't know. Now, obviously, we've seen uh, Tesla testing out the semi for years now, and we've seen quite a few of them apparently broken down or being towed. Although usually when we see them being towed, it's on a flatbed, um, usually a trailer flatbed, not something like this. So this must mean it's something even worse than usual, right? I don't think so. I mean, Pepsi could be a very big client for Tesla. And so I would assume that Tesla wants to keep them happy. And so even if there's a slight issue, Tesla probably wants to get the truck back into the hands of engineers to inspect it, to fix it, and probably to redesign the truck. Yeah, no, I think this is actually a good thing. I know you're gonna be like, wait, a Tesla semi being you know towed is a good thing. Yeah, here's why. Uh, you got 25,000 or so Rivian R1Ts, right? And so when something goes wrong on one of them, like we're finding out, you've got to fix 25,000 of them. Mm. Uh, if something goes wrong with one of these semi trucks in the design or the engineering, there's about 15 of them on the road. And so the retrofit's not that big a deal if you catch it early. I'm actually hoping that if there are problems early on, that they do get identified quickly, fixed both in, you know, in, on the road, but also in the design. And then we don't have any problems going forward. Because we're getting one and I want it to be perfect. The other weird thing about this is that there have been no other pictures of it, um, so, which means that, you know, two blocks from the factory, it's getting towed. Apparently West, it could be on its way to Fremont factory, but I don't think that you'd tow it like that on the highway. It could have got brought onto a special flatbed and then get, you know, completely covered so you can't tell what I it is. I do want to throw one other idea out there, which is it might just be a regular truck problem. It mm -hmm. might just be it needed a new tire or a wheel or, you know, a bearing or something, you know, and maybe it was just going local. Maybe I would still argue that it hasn't been in service long enough to need any service. Um, but, you know, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. So for the second time in three months, Tesla has lowered the price of the Model 3 and the Model Y in 
China. Uh, okay, what are we talking here? So take a look here. Prices have dropped between 6% and 13%, and they're at their lowest prices seen since 2021. Yeah, Tesla had denied that they were going to do this, but according to their website, they have. The Model Y and the Model 3 are now the lowest prices ever in China. So take that inflation. Tesla has also lowered the prices in South Korea, between 9 and 12% there. And Australia, down less, uh, down between like 1.9 and 4% there in Australia. And also Japan, down about 10%. And? And what? What about the U.S.? What about Canada? What about Europe? No, we haven't seen any other price cuts outside of China, South Korea, Australia, and Japan. Sorry. So all those countries are supplied by Gig Shanghai, right? Right. So does this mean that Tesla is making cars faster than they can sell them at Giga Shanghai? I mean, does this mean that Tesla has a demand problem? Or, or does this mean that Tesla has lowered their costs as they've continued to scale up and they're passing on those price reductions to customers? It may be a bit of both. I mean, keep in mind, as you lower the price of a big ticket item like a car, you unlock more and more customers as you go down because now more and more people can afford the payments. So it, I think it's a bunch of these things. I think, it, yeah, I think the scaling has meant they can lower the price. I think there is a little bit of demand softness in China. And I think that now as they are lowering the price, they're getting in a lot more customers. Mm. But hey, everyone talks about this as a bad thing. As long as the margins stay high, it's not a bad thing. Hmm. Now, as we reported last week, Tesla is bringing the Model S and the Model X back to China since it was removed two years ago during the refresh. The China Ministry of Industry and Information Technology approved the Model S and X in October for a purchase tax exemption, which is good news. And we now have pricing and delivery estimates from Tesla. Yeah, so the Model S long range starts at $115,500. The Plaid starts at $147,700, which, by the way, is cheaper than two years ago by about $14,600 for the long range and $7,000 for the Plaid. The Model X long range starts at $128,700, and the Plaid Model X starts at $152,000, which are also a bit cheaper than two years ago. Take that, inflation. Deliveries are expected in Q2, and just like North American customers, according to the Tesla website, Chinese customers will be able to choose between the yoke and the round steering wheels. Now, there has been so much talk about Giga Shanghai. How many days will it be shut down for the holidays? Is demand in China dropping? How many cars are they producing? Well, let's take a look at that last question. December delivery numbers for Tesla China just came in from the CPCA, which is the China Passenger Car Association, and they were low compared to other months. 55,796 Teslas delivered, both domestically and exported in December. That is 44% lower than November when Tesla delivered over 100,000 vehicles. And it's even lower than the 70,847 delivered in December of 2021. But let's even that out. Let's look at the quarterly numbers and you might be surprised. Q4 of 2022, that's September through December, Tesla broke their own record, delivering 227,791 vehicles from Giga Shanghai. That's more than half of the 405,278 Teslas delivered worldwide during the quarter. So can you see what a powerhouse Giga Shanghai is? Exactly. And let's not forget, yes, Shanghai will be down for a few days during the holidays, and it has been down for a few days. But when they are down, Tesla takes advantage of that to do production line upgrades. And so usually Giga Shanghai comes back stronger each time, delivering more cars. So what everyone sees as a negative usually turns into a positive. Mm. So according to an exclusive story from Reuters last week, Tesla's China chief, Tom Zhu, has been promoted to what sounds like the number two position at Tesla. Number two. 
According to Reuters, Zhu will now have direct oversight of Tesla's U.S. factories as well as sales operations in North America and Europe. Zhu appears to be keeping his title as VP of Greater China, which means that he will also maintain his direct oversight of Giga Shanghai and Tesla's Asian sales. We've been reporting that this was in the works, and now, according to Reuters, it looks like it's happened. And I think the question a lot of us are asking is, is this a good thing? And Jesse, you have constantly said this on the show. Whoever is in charge in China knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you look at Giga Shanghai as as we've seen it for the past, you know, year and a half. So far, the China plant is um, basically an open field with some digging going on. And it's been amazing, the, the strides that they've made, but also some of the marketing that's come out of China, mm-hmm. a lot of the messaging that comes out of China. And I do mean specifically for China. I'm not saying that like us Western viewers are going to completely understand uh, exactly the game that has been played uh, from Tesla China. But I've always thought that it was being played very well. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess that Tom Zhu is the guy who has been, you know, in charge of a lot of this stuff. And uh, I'm I'm not too unhappy to see him take over some of the stuff happening in North America. Yeah. And I think for the longest time, I've been personally feeling like Elon has too much on his plate. I mean, often when a person would leave Tesla, Elon would say, well, I'll take over their department. For instance, uh, when Tesla's president of global sales and service, John McNeil left in 2018, he joined Lyft. Elon was like, well, I'll just take over sales and service. Mm. And that's not a good thing, in my opinion. I mean, Elon's great and he's smart, but he's got to focus. And so I think this is a good thing. Tom Zhu has proven himself as a great executive. He's led Tesla in China expertly for years, like you said. And I think he'll bring a wealth of knowledge to Giga Texas. Yeah. And let's just take a look at what Zhu has been doing. He started at Tesla in 2014, leading their supercharging network development team in China. And he's been with Tesla for almost a decade. And coming up through the ranks means that he gained knowledge and experience throughout the organization. Yeah. And it really signals to others in the Tesla organization that Tesla values hiring from within. And that helps retain talent. Because Mm -hmm. if you see that constantly, oh, they're just bringing in some guy from BMW, you're like, well, I'm not going to stay here. But if you're like, oh, wow, Tom Zhu came up from the bottom. Now he's like second in command. That could be me. So let us know what you think uh, down in the comments below. So as we reported last week, the IRS has some pretty interesting takes on what an SUV is. Yeah, as our patrons showed last week, most people seem to think that this is kind of bullshit. But don't worry, we live in a democracy and the will of the people should be upheld by our representatives in government. And it only takes a bit of civic research to find this page of the Federal Register, which covers this section of the proposed regulations. And would you look at that? The comment period is for the next 49 days. And there's a submit formal comment button. See, our government in actions. So I will just click on that button and um, submitting a formal comment directly is not available for this document this time. You click the button. It's not available? It just said to click that button. Comment submission. Um, Well, I just need to click the other button. And Uh, what am I looking at here? Oh, you just need to direct all written comments to Andreas Garcia, Internal Revenue Service, Room 6526111, Constitution Avenue, Northwest Washington, by email, PRA comments at irs.gov, include OMB control number 1545213 in the subject line of the message. Yikes, that's a lot of steps to go through just to have your voice heard. 
Um, I thought you could just hit a button and write your thoughts. Like, why did they take that out? Oh, why did they take that out? Sorry. <laughs> right. Because they don't want your comments. Uh, I, they want you to jump through hoops, which most people won't I jump mean, through. I mean, I did click through a bunch of the federal register uh, website. And it, it's, it seems like basically this feature just doesn't work site-wide. There's always some email or some place that you have to email to. But, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about... The $7,500 tax credit. Well, and let's remind everybody. Uh, here's a tweet from our buddy Farzad Mezbahi. And he says, the car on the left has a gas engine and gets 20 miles per gallon. It has 21 miles of electric range. It gets the $7,500 EV tax credit. The car on the right. Oh, yeah, I recognize that car. That's a Model Y. It's electric only. Gets 113 miles per gallon equivalent. It has a 330 miles of range. It does not get the $7,500 EV tax credit. And Elon said, messed up penalized for making our SUVs too mass efficient? That is bizarre. Okay, so people, if we want to change this, if we want to hold the IRS accountable, we have a little over 40 days here. Go to that link. We'll put it down below. Yes, you're going to have to write out an email. Uh, I don't or think... Or a letter. Or a letter, if you feel like <laughs> it. If you're in the mood, take out your, your pens and your write a letter um, and get a stamp. Uh, but no, write an email. Um, it'll only take you five minutes or so. Make it thoughtful. And send it off, and then you'll feel good that night. You'll be like, well, I did my part. Don't not do it, okay? <laughs> I know your impulse is to be like, yeah, well, someone else will do it for me. If we all do it today, that's like 100,000 people are going to send emails, and they will change it. Yeah. I can promise you that. So just do your part. Yeah. Just do it! Tesla announced that they will be holding their first ever Investor Day on Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. The event will be held at Giga Texas, and Tesla says that they will discuss their next generation vehicle platform, Mm -hmm. uh, long-term expansion plans for Giga Texas and other topics with Tesla's leadership team. Tesla says in the press release, the event will be live streamed from our Gigafactory Texas with the option for some of our institutional and retail investors to attend in person. Details to follow. Our investors will be able to see our most advanced production line as well as discuss long-term expansion plans, Generation 3 platform, capital allocation, and other subjects with our leadership team. So, I mean, I'm betting that they're also going to formally announce the next Gigafactory location because I'll bet it's hard to keep that secret mm. um, and possibly a hard date for the Cybertruck delivery start. But comment below. What do you think that Tesla is going to be talking about? And now when they're saying next generation vehicle platform, is that Cybertruck or is that the model. Robo Taxi? Rob, Robo Taxi Model 2. Model 2. Yes. Model 4. Yeah, right. We don't know what model. it's called, but this is, I think, going to be the half the cost to build platform, the cheaper, smaller, better platform. It could be the Robo Taxi platform as well, but I mean, this is super exciting. Oh, and if you're wondering, like, can how can I get there? I think they're going to do this a lot like they did the last event, um, where it's just kind of this lottery mm -hmm. is my guess. So, you know, stay tuned, watch your emails. So March 1st. Coming right up. Put that in your calendars. Now, for the first time ever, Tesla has broken into the U.S. top 10 list for best-selling vehicles. Yeah, data analytics firm Motor Intelligence reports that the Tesla Model Y was number six on the list of best-selling vehicles in the U.S. in 2022. The list was dominated by pickup trucks, of course, with the Ford F-Series taking the top spot with 653,957 units sold, down Almost 10%, by the way, from 2021. The number two spot went to the Chevy Silverado pickup truck at over 500,000. That was down 1.2% year over year. Then the Ram pickup truck at 468,000, down 17.7%. The Toyota RAV4 at 339,000, down 1.9%. The Toyota Camry at 295,000, down 5.9%. And then at number six, the Tesla Model Y with 252,000 sold. 
up 32.4% year over year. And if you're wondering, why is that number so even? That is because it's an estimate. Tesla does not actually give numbers per country. And that's why this data analytics firm had to do some math and try and figure out what the number was. Followed by the GMC Sierra, the Honda CRV, the Toyota Tacoma, and the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Nine of the 10 were down in sales year over year, except for Tesla. And the Model Y was the only electric vehicle in the top 10. And we're going to share our thoughts about how this actually will affect the story about the recession on Investor Club Bonus Story this week. So head over to Patreon if you want to join us there. And of course, we are sponsored by our friends over at the Cybertruck Owners Club. There you're going to find discussions and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners like us and the crowdsource reservation tracker so you can figure out when roughly you're going to get it. So if you're like me and you have this idea that a solid bike should cost around $400, then when you go e-bike shopping, you might be in for some sticker shock. This week, we reviewed the Engway Engine Pro e-bike on our Now Let's Review YouTube channel. It's a fat tire foldable e-bike with dual suspension that costs around $1,400. Now, in the world of e-bikes, this e-bike has a lot of features for what I would now consider a pretty budget price. Yeah, I mean, just a few years ago, e-bikes with hardly any features started at around three grand. So this new wave of e-bikes from China has brought the prices down and the features up. And to me, it's kind of like the power tool market. Uh, it used to be that a good battery powered tool like a cordless drill or a saw, um, you had like limited choices of brands and the prices were kind of steep. Now, with a ton of cheaper brands and competition from China, you get cheaper prices and you get more features. You don't always get the fit and finish and the quality feel, though. And that's kind of the trade off where your personal choices come in. Some of us don't mind if an e-bike is much noisier or has jerkier pedal cadence system, but some of us want the finer touch. If you were on the I don't mind things being a little rough and these features appeal to you, then definitely check out the Engway Engine Pro. So Volkswagen unveiled the new ID7 sedan at the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, in Las Vegas last week. Now, I can't seem to really get a good look at it because it's covered with that QR code camo. Yeah, it's based on the ID Aero concept. And Thomas Shager, CEO of VW Passenger Cars, said, With the new ID7, we are extending our electric model range into the upper segments. The ID7 is one of 10 new electric models that we are planning to launch by 2026. Our goal? To deliver suitable products to our customers in every single segment. So this is going to be a direct competitor to the Model 3? Yes, it's a sedan, uh, unlike the ID3 and 4, which are hatchbacks and SUVs. So this will be VW's sixth EV model. Um, and here are some of the features that VW announced. So it's going to have 700 kilometers of range. That's 434 miles. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that's WLTP range. Oh, so 300 miles. Right. Which okay. is still pretty good. That's still good. Uh, this new display concept. That looks oddly familiar. Yeah, it's a 15-inch screen, which is the same size <laughs> as the Model 3 in the same orientation. So I think basically they copied the Model 3. Um, it's got augmented reality heads-up display. That's cool. So heads-up display. Right. Adding augmented reality doesn't Just sounds good, Just though. Sounds good. Um, digitally controlled air vents. Where That's similar that to before? something. Interesting. And illuminated touch sliders. Uh, so no price yet. The production version should be coming out in Q2 of this year, they said. So that means right around the corner. Wow. Uh, I find that hard to believe, but okay. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Is this really going to be the Tesla Model 3 killer? Um, they have a lot of 
production to do. Even if it was a Model 3 exactly and it costs a little bit less, it's going to be production limited, uh, at least compared to the Tesla Model 3. And we don't know if it's going to qualify for the EV tax credit or the full credit. So mm. big questions. Mm. So it looks like Rivian is ending and unbundling our Rivian membership as of January 16th. Yeah, we got this email from Rivian last week from Tony Caravano. He's the head of Rivian customer engagement saying that, well, I guess we're not that special anymore. Okay, so the basic things are, number one, as a member, we got free charging on the run. That's the Rivian Adventure Network. Worldwide network of nine chargers. Worldwide. Wow. Well, worldwide if you count one country, the U.S. <laughs> so what do we do now if we want to charge on the Rivian network? Well, we still have to get there. Um, but then, you know, we can charge on it, but only until this April. Then what? Uh, my guess is that we'll have to subscribe to that service. Okay, so number two, as members, we used to get free LTE connectivity, you know, for like software updates and navigation. Now, according to this email, we'll have to start paying at the end of this year for that service. Now, I am not sure how much that's going to be. I'm I'm hoping that it'll be on par with Tesla's roughly $10 a month premium connectivity service, but we don't know. And lastly, number three, we had been getting Rivian's off-roadside assistance with adventure extraction and charge assurance. I guess that's if we get stuck while rock climbing. Uh, like with the car rock climbing. Right. <laughs> not rock crawling. Not me. It doesn't. Climbing. The car doesn't. If rock I was rock climb. climbing, I'd be like, Rivian, I'm stuck. <laughs> so I guess that that will be a separate service now, too, if they even continue it at all, um, which makes sense since not everybody needs that. Well, again, they could have done this from the beginning. They could have unbundled them from the beginning and told you, you know, what they would cost. Now it just seems like an afterthought. And the other thing is we know why they're doing it. They're losing $1.5 billion a quarter. And so this is a cost saving measure. So if you're a full self-driving beta user and you do something improper, like not paying attention and fail to keep your hands on the steering wheel, you get a warning. If you ignore several of these warnings, full self-driving will disengage and you will get a strike. Yeah, Tesla has now stated in the latest software notes that if you get about five strikes, you will get suspended from FSD beta for about two weeks. And some users are reporting that they're getting FSD strikes for using hands-free cheat devices, even though they claim they weren't using any. So my guess is that Tesla is trying to crack down on uh, basically hands-free devices for your car, which is a weight that you would strap to your steering wheel. Don't get them. That's very dangerous. Please don't use them. But... I guess that Tesla is implementing code that looks for these weights, but it's probably super hard to differentiate between a weight and a hand, especially since a hand often acts like a weight and vice versa. Right. So. Uh, right. Because if your hand's on the wheel, it's just a weight sometimes. And I bet you what's going on is Tesla's like, that's a that's a hands free weight. And it's like, no, it's just I was just resting my hand on the wheel. Um. So, I mean, there is a question as to. Why can't they use the camera inside the car? I don't think it necessarily sees the steering wheel. I don't know how wide that shot is. I thought of a new hands-free device. I, I'm going to share it just so that Tesla can be aware of it and not allow it to happen. Okay. But normally it's a weight, right? You just sure. clamp this weight on there. But also if you touch a button on your steering wheel, it, it says to the car like, oh, he's awake. True. So why couldn't you have a thing that you strap over like the knob or the button and it would just keep changing the volume by one? Up and down, up and down. That wouldn't annoy you? It would annoy me, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like, So Tesla, look into what that. Is, <laughs> what is it? I don't know. That's weird, right? All right. Would you like to jump into the weeds of the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards as they apply to window reversal systems, in particular, FMVSS 118 Section 5 of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, 
regulations. What? Good. Let's dive right in, shall we? Section 5 says automatic reversal systems, a power-operated window, partition, or roof panel system that is capable of closing or of being closed under any circumstances other than those specified in S4 shall meet the requirements of S5.1, S5.2, and if applicable, S5.3. S5.1, while closing, the power-operated window, partition, or roof panel shall stop in reverse direction either before contacting a test rod with properties described in S8.2 or S8.3 or before exerting a squeezing force of 100 newtons or more on a semi-rigid cylindrical test rod with properties described in S.1. When such test rod is placed through the window, partition, or roof panel opening at any location in the manner described in the, in the applicable test under S.7. Hang on. Stop, stop, stop. Why are you reciting federal vehicle regulations? Well, because Tesla has had to remove some of the latest automatic window features because they don't comply with NHTSA regulations. And I wanted to make sure that they were all on the same page. Wait, what features? Like the feature on the Tesla app where you can open and close the windows remotely, the ability to automatically close the windows upon locking the car, and the automatic closing of the windows when entering car wash mode. Okay, but, but, but I, I like those features and I've had them for a while. I mean, wh why can't I have these features? Oh, so you weren't paying attention. Okay, I'll start again. Section 5 says automatic reversal says... No, 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 no. In English, in English. Okay, so basically the rules say that the driver has to be present because the window closing on someone's finger could hurt someone. And so now these features are being removed by Tesla in an over-the-air software update. I don't like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't want that to be... No. I know. I mean... I'm all for not cutting off people's fingers, but they already have a system for determining, oh, that's 100 newtons and and. Yeah, that was my confusion. Like, I thought that it already had a pinch sensor. So I thought that we were good. Maybe maybe it hasn't been calibrated properly. Maybe someone got hurt. I, I don't know. Like, let us know in the comments. What what was the problem, Nitsa? Like, this is a great feature to have. Um, it lets you open your window, like, you know, to make sure that you're cooling the so, car down. So or, I can't vent the windows. I can't. No. If I had left the windows open and it starts to rain, I can't Got to run out them. to the car. Yep. And not only do I have to run out to the car, I can't even, I have to get in the car, press right. the brake pedal. Right. Because, I mean, we, we had this problem on the Ford, right? Where I'm like, I pull in and I have to hit the off button and then the windows don't work. And so then I have to turn the, the car back on. Well, see, no Ford knows this stuff inside and out. They know their NHTSA regulations where I think Tesla is pushing the envelope. And look, I, I get it. These regulations probably made sense in the old days, um, but they don't really make as much in sense. In the old days, it was a, you just got to put your foot on the brake. It was as strong as you were and you could do it. At any time at all. I hate this. I know. I hate this. This is stupid. I know. All right. You ready to be snarky? I was Have I not already been? Uh, okay. So this is the, oh, this is the Mercedes-Benz story. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes, okay. it is. So Mercedes-Benz just announced that they are planning on building out an EV charging network across the U.S. and Canada, 400 sites by 2027 with 2,500 chargers. So by the end of this decade, they are targeting 10,000 fast charging points across the U.S., Canada, Europe, and China. Mercedes-Benz has teamed up with the MN8 Energy Company, a renewable energy producer and battery storage operator, to split the over $2 billion cost. And they are partnering with ChargePoint as their technical partner. The network will be available for all car brands, although Mercedes-Benz drivers will be able to pre-book charging stalls. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. I'll take charge stall number seven. <laughs> Is it shady? Oh, good. According to MN8's CEO, the new network should be profitable in five to seven years. Oh, Ooh, fancy. I think it's time to get snarky. I guess I'll start. Uh, 2027. So Mercedes-Benz, you plan to have 2,500 chargers. Tesla has 40,000 chargers right now. My turn. Uh, the plan is to be profitable in five to seven years. 
And I think your spreadsheet must have told you this because ChargePoint said so. Let's take a look at ChargePoint. Their losses continue to grow. They had $188 million in losses for the first nine months of last year. So um, profitable? Yeah. Mm. Look, look, listen, listen, listen. I, I know. I know. I have been saying car manufacturers should make charging infrastructure. Right, that so is, why are we complaining? Why are we complaining? It's just I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to do a great job. Right. It has to do with placement. It has to do with number of stalls. It has to do with keeping them up and running at a super high rate. And it has, has to do, to do with do cost. With, it has to do with timing. Right. Uh, the numbers that they're talking about here and the time in which they plan on doing that is just not enough. Um, now I know that Mercedes-Benz does not sell a lot of EVs right now. So you might be saying, well, they're just scaling up with their EVs. I still don't really think that worldwide, even 10,000 fast charging points is really enough. But here's- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Interesting point. I would like you guys to give me your feedback on this. Mercedes-Benz says that you'll be able to reserve a spot if you're a Mercedes-Benz customer. Mm. What if Tesla did this when they open up their charging network? What if with the Tesla app, as a Tesla owner, you could reserve a spot, thereby kind of assuring that you would have a spot available to you? Now, I'm not saying that you could reserve it three weeks in advance, but maybe if you're within 15 miles or mm -hmm. some amount, you could be like, oh, I would like a spot. And that way you wouldn't have to worry that you'd show up and a Mercedes-Benz would be in, in their spot. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that I mean, is that too like exclusive? No, I think I mean, look, I think that that's fair. I think that it's actually a pretty good idea by Mercedes Benz. And I really hope that they up their numbers here. I hope that this is just kind of they're just seeing what people are going to say. Yeah. So comment below if you like the idea of Tesla being able to have Tesla owners reserve spots at their charging network. Or is it too bougie? So Chevy just increased prices for the Chevy Bolt. Oh, I see. Wait for the tax credits to come rolling in and then jack the prices up to take advantage of the little guy. Well, not really. I mean, the Bolt increased its price uh, $900 to $27,495. And the Bolt EUV went up $600 to $28,975. And both qualify for the federal tax credit. Yep. And dang, I mean, that puts the bolt at less than $20,000. Yeah. And you might be able to grab some state incentives as well. Wow. Hey, I mean, I know that we give this car crap from time to time, but dang, is it suddenly extremely affordable. Is that your new favorite word? Dang. I mean, dang, less than $20,000. No, for an I, EV I, with I totally over agree. I was, I was shocked when I read this because, I mean, I, it may not fit everyone's lifestyle, but it would almost certainly make a great second car for a family. And I mean, that's including the $900 price increase. I mean, it's yeah. weird. They increased the price and yet the price went down. Thank you, federal government. 
Right. And thank you to, I think, all the problems they had, which probably made it really hard for them to. I mean, if you're having bolt fires, I'm sure it's hard to get the price up. Hard to raise the price of something that people might not be that into. But seeing as it's the cheapest EV you can buy right now and it's it's fairly decent for an around town commuter plus, I would say it's a commuter plus vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't charge fast. No. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by Henson Shaving. And where is my shaver? Okay, I'm going to start to shave. Thank you. I'm going to start. Uh, to well, shave. no, we didn't actually hit the. Uh, we we asked for uh, what was it twenty thousand likes last video. I got a lot of emails from people saying they didn't hit the like button because they like my beard. Okay, so if you if you so, don't want Zach to shave, hit the like button. No, I think we're just going to skip that. Um, we'll think of some other way. I, I am jealous of you, and I would love to try this out. But on the other hand, like I do like my beard. So it grows back. It does grow back. You're right. You're right. But I, I don't know. It saves me time not having to shave. I guess so. You're right. But anyway, if you want to get a Henson shaving for you or someone you know, don't forget to use our code now you know, and you'll get 100 free blades when you check out. So the first Stellantis electric pickup truck was revealed at CES in Las Vegas last week. It will be called the Ram 1500 Revolution and would hit the market in 2024 or so they say. Now, if the production version is the same as the concept, then it will feature a glass roof. Sound familiar? uh, A 28 inch touchscreen. Wow. AI shadow mode, which allows the truck to follow the driver who's walking at a safe distance. Mm. An AI assistant, whatever that means, and a retractable steering wheel when the truck is in self-driving. Okay, can I stop you right there? No, no. It is not going to have most of these features. I mean, this is a concept vehicle. Okay, glass roof, sure. Uh, And maybe some form of Google assistant, like an Alexa-like AI assistant. But there's not going to be a retractable steering wheel. And the 28-inch touchscreen, well, that includes this removable lower display. So, no, I don't think you're going to get that either. Uh, Shadow mode where it follows you around like a puppy, kind of doubt that's going to come. I do like these features, though, and I hope they keep them. I like the powered split tailgate. Um, It makes a 5-foot-7 bed into a 8-foot bed because the thing folds out and then the thing slides out and then the thing folds over. That's really cool. An enlarged RAM box, so you get like um, toolboxes on the side. I hope they keep that. Fold flat seats, really smart because that gives you 18 feet of pass-through um, storage through the powered mid-gate. Grand saloon doors, we see that every time there's a concept vehicle and they never last, but I would love it if they kept it. Um, here's the thing, though. No more specs from that. We don't get the price. We don't get the range. We don't get the charging, which really makes me wonder with all these features if it's really going to come out in 2024, I would probably bet my, what would I bet on this? Uh, I would bet my leaf that it's not coming out in 2024. Um, you mean in the way that it looks? Right. I mean, well, first, of all, I don't think it'll come out in 2024 regardless, but okay. definitely not with, with these, these features. features. Okay. No. But I mean, that brings up the question, why did they show us all these features if they probably can't deliver? I think that they're doing a very, very tricky thing. I think that, you know, Ford and um, to a certain extent Rivian, but also, uh, you know, Chevy with their Silverado EV, they tried to they're, they're trying to come out with a truck as soon as possible, okay. um, an EV truck. What I think that Ram is doing is that they are using the Osborne effect. And we've talked about the Osborne effect before. Um, it comes from a computer company that came out with a computer and then said, hey, our next computer is going to be even better. Nobody bought their first computer. So they ran out of money. They couldn't even make the second computer. Right, but you're not supposed to do the Osborne effect. It kills your business. 
Why would they want to do it? Well, I think because right now, what does Ram sell? Not an electric pickup truck. Gas pickup trucks. And they do a pretty good job, according to the people who care about that kind of thing. Um, I mean, they're in third place, but you mean you mean their quality. I see. Everyone says and they're the they're, they were the car of the year, even though they were a pickup truck. And it was like, wow, isn't that amazing? So I think that they know that in terms of features and stuff, they're already set. That, that like if you wanted to buy a truck today, you'd get this one in, you know, you'd get a gas Ram truck. What they're doing now is they are trying to steal a bit of the Cybertruck thunder. Oh, I see. Because like Cybertruck won't probably have a mid gate or an extended bed. So they're adding features that the Cybertruck doesn't have. And that is going to do what? Um, get you to wait to buy this. Exactly. Maybe. So basically, this is just a method, I think, to slow down adoption to EV trucks because people are going to go, well, if I want to get an EV truck, I should get the best EV truck. I think the other thing they're doing by showing all these features is they're taking their existing customer base and they're saying, you probably don't even want an electric truck. But this truck has so many cool features, you'll want it. So get excited for it when it does come out. And it and with how they're showing it, it's so futuristic that a lot of people can just put it on the in the future shelf and they can continue buying gas trucks until this one is ready. How come they didn't talk about um, having onboard power like the Ford has? I think that because Ford already has that feature, they aren't interested in showing you anything that any of these other trucks have as features. It is a good point because they didn't talk about autonomy, which is something that most truck buyers don't care about. They didn't even show the frunk. No, that's a good point. I mean, they showed it briefly, but yeah, you're right. They didn't stress it. So they just showed you new features that they'll have. It's just something to drool over while you're waiting. But look, I want to stress this to you guys. Um, Ram only started thinking about this like four days ago. Okay. So (laughs) this is not something that they have ready to go. This is just all CGI and clay. Yeah. And as we all know, it takes a long time to go from that to a truck. So I just, yeah, I highly doubt you're going to get this anytime soon. I did sign up on their website as an interested person. Oh, you so, it, you know, we hopefully will be one of the first to right. get it because we want we want electric trucks. Right. But I don't think that they even have an idea about the powertrain yet. So, I agree. And, and I think that that is the most important thing when we're talking about a vehicle. Right. And right now they're just focusing on the bells and whistles. Right. And so. probably someone else is going to build it for them anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, it's time for Going Green, sponsored by EcoWare. Don't forget, we have tons of cool products. We got uh, all sorts of shirts and designs. Head on over to EcoWare. And don't forget, we plant multiple trees for every order, so you can make sure that your order is carbon negative. Mercury Marine showed off the upcoming Vader 7.5E at CES last week in Las Vegas. This is an outboard marine motor with 750 watts of continuous power. It's officially one horsepower, but it's actually closer to a 3.5 horsepower four-stroke engine um, because it has high torque that electric motors produce. So if you're trying to compare it, that's probably closer to what you'll get. It weighs 43 pounds with the transom mount, but not with the battery. Yeah, the 16-pound battery is developed in partnership with MasterVolt. Each 48-volt, 1-kilowatt-hour battery is said to be good for only 45 minutes of motoring flat out. And by the way, the Evader electric motor is the same weight as a Mercury 3.5 horsepower uh, motor, which I think is, is pretty interesting. Yeah, so there's no word on exactly when it'll be available or the price yet. But I do like a few things about this. So, so first of all, the worst part of a gas-powered motor for a boat is the maintenance, right? Because you're putting it into water, usually salt water. And so that means that it just, it gets chewed up. You have to do maintenance on it all the time. Um, So with this, there's going to be far less maintenance, if any. There's going to be no smell. I hate the smell of gas powered when you're right there next Mm -hmm. to it. It's not going to be loud. 
Motors are always loud. You can't have a conversation. Um, and easy to refuel. Normally, you have to have a gas can in the sure. boat with you. So that takes up space. It smells. You have to keep it in the car as well. Here, if you do want extra power, you'll bring a battery or two with you, which you can just like store under the seat. Um, and I love the fact that you can use swappable batteries. Yeah. I mean, I would argue, though, that the electric outboard motor has existed for a long time. I know. I used to have one as a kid, actually. Uh, so like to me, it's cool that they're they're kind of packaging all of this uh, really interesting tech all together. Um, but if you just have a lead acid battery in your boat and you add a solar panel or two, I don't know. It, we don't know how much this is going to cost. Right. I think this is probably going to be over $3,000. Yeah, I hope it's more like two. A regular Mercury 3.5 horsepower motor costs about $1,200. Mm -hmm. I think they can charge a premium for this and I think they will. All right, it's time for Sunspots. Neoen, the French company that built the largest battery storage project in Australia, is at it again. They have saved so much money with their 300 megawatt, 450 megawatt hour Hornsdale battery project in South Australia that they're starting what will be the second largest battery project in Australia, the Western Downs battery in southwest Queensland. Again, for this project, Neoen will be using Tesla Megapacks, which will be connected to the electrical grid and the adjacent 460 megawatt solar farm that is nearing completion. Nguyen says Western Downs battery is designed to help modernize and stabilize the Queensland grid with the battery capable of performing a range of critical roles, including firming renewables, providing frequency services and transmission network support. This new Western Downs battery will provide 200 megawatts or 400 megawatt hours of power and storage to the Queensland grid. Nguyen now has four sites in operation or under construction in Australia with almost 1.3 gigawatt hours of battery storage. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. And uh, remember, we need your stories. Send them on into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. They don't have to be like super professional, just uh, two minutes or less, and they can be less. Um, shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music, and uh, let's see what we got for this week. Salil sent us this short video contributor story of some car air fresheners that he found in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I just wanted to show you what I found here in Grocery Outlet. Check this out. Febreze Model S. Another Model S right there. It smells all right. Now you know. And I love in his email to me, he said, uh, mainstream, baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. For as little as a buck a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. You get to support the show, which makes you feel good, helps us out, and you get to watch all of our Patreon bonus stories. What do we got this week? We have uh, the amazing new features of the Mach-E volume knob. Ooh. Yeah, you're going to want to see that. Uh, a new Tesla trademark. AI contests a speeding ticket and Ford and Model Y sales. And a lot more. So yeah, head on over there now and we'll see you there. All right, we're done with our Patreon bonus stories. We're back and it's time for our shout outs. These are people that support us at $5 or more a month. They get their names in the end credits. Who do we got? We got ZC. Isn't that you? <laughs> Is that me? Uh, Austin D. Ward. Janine M. Lerma. Roger Johnson. And Daryl J. Ryder. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, so we had a Patreon poll this week. What was it? Is the Pepsi Tesla Semi being towed a big deal? Ooh, what do people say? Uh, most people said that it's too early to speculate either way. Mostly that's the way I thought. Don't know anything. I didn't even want to cover the story because uh, we don't know anything. I think it's just important that people know that this is happening because a lot of people online. That a truck was towed? A lot of people online are going like, see? I know, but that's pandering to the, I don't know. Until we know more. <laughs> 
damn it. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Joe Gebbia says, as EVs have longer ranges and more charging stations, won't miss ice at all. Change is guaranteed. And he tweeted out this chart showing how quickly things are going. Now, if you go back to 2016 when we started the show and we told everyone, you know, it looks pretty boring, but it's going to get exciting. It's getting exciting. And uh, Elon tweeted out, but how do they earn a profit? Volume. And he's talking about that SNL skit from back in my day when, uh, what was that bank skit where they're, you, you change money? And uh, at the end of the skit, they're like, well, how do we make money? Volume. All the time our customers ask us, how do you make money doing this? The answer is simple. Volume. Whatever. It's it's oh, okay. it's an old reference. I'm glad you It's a dad reference. I, I didn't get it. Shibatoshi said, Twitter is a wonderful app if you enjoy being insulted by the worst human beings on earth over literally nothing. Uh, Elon says, maybe, maybe we do. <laughs> Our buddy Eric Berger said, Richard Shelby is no longer a U.S. senator. In 2010, uh, this quote, as the senator stated in the hearing, this commercial provider, SpaceX, cannot deliver the trash from the space station, much less take humans into space and back. And Elon said Shelby did his best to hold back SpaceX. God, he was a senator forever. He was a senator <laughs> since I was a teenager. Wow. Elon Musk says another episode of the Twitter files that was just released by Matt Taibbi. And 12 months ago, I was person of the year. That's true. <laughs> Boy, how times change. <laughs> It wasn't a nice person of the year, though. No? If you remember, like, it was a weird, it was already weird. Hmm. Chris Bergen says several spaceflight accounts locked today for showing shots of rockets. Elon says, seems our image recognitions need some work. Kathy Wood said last month, BBC reported that, gosh, a research hospital in the UK based edited the genome of a 12-year-old girl, Alyssa, suffering from leukemia. She had failed dozens of therapies and had no more options. Seven months later, she is cancer-free. Not many investors know about it. Elon said, wow. I mean, I, yeah, wow. Yeah, I just heard about that on our latest uh, update. Wow. Mark Andreessen said the war on children intensifies, and he's referring to uh, chat GPT not being allowed in schools. Elon said, it's a new world. Goodbye, homework. <laughs> Uh, chat GPT, can you do my homework? For Man, me? if I was a kid, <laughs> do you want me to sign you some homework? Because, like, look, you might be like, "Well, it, it's doing their homework." If they know how to do <laughs> Chat GPT, uh, you know, and I know it's pretty easy, but still, we should have it do the that, show for that us. That takes a little bit of work, doesn't it? Elon tweeted out a poll. He said, "Elon Musk should stay out of politics or keep shooting his feet." And most people said, "Keep shooting his feet." And he said, "Journalists should do shots every time there's a negative article about me. <laughs> if I dig my grave deep enough, maybe it comes out the other side of Earth." Shibatoshi tweeted, "My phone when I say I want to buy something." <laughs> I did this the other day. I I was searching something on YouTube and then I got distracted and then I came back and it was there. Well, no, because I it's still in the search bar mm -hmm. so i was like how does it know that's what i was thinking <laughs> about you out. <laughs> but like it wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest if, if it hadn't been that richard garriott says tanks mighty as they may seem on the face of it seem a bit old school seems like light mobile gps drone sat targeting items are dominating these days am i missing something are tanks still superior when backed up like carriers are backed up in a fleet Elon said tanks are a death trap now with neither side having air superiority or left with infantry and artillery, essentially World War One. Um, and, you know, the military YouTube channels that I follow are going all over that. They're like, he's right, but he's not right. Holmar's catalog says Tesla can produce a car that runs FSD for less than thirty three thousand dollars. Let that sink in right now. And Elon said people still don't get it. And he's, of course, talking about a Tesla Model 3 standard range plus that you can buy right now. Now, of course, you have to add the $15,000 for the full self-driving, <laughs> but the car itself is capable of doing it according to 
Tesla. Yeah, it only cost them that. Paul Graham said, this particular example is not super important, but it made me realize something important about journalists. The percentage who are engaged in a disinterested search for the truth is close to zero. Nearly all write as controversialists. And Elon says, true. Uh, Musk University quoted Elon when he said, when my brother and I started our first company, we rented a small office and we slept on the couch. We showered at the YMCA and we were so hard up that we had just one computer. So the website was up during the day and I was coding at night. And Elon says, happy days, to be honest. Holmar's catalog said, five years ago, Tesla was $20 a share. If you invested in 2018, you're up 4.2 times now, even after that stock has fallen 69% in the last year. And Elon says, looks like version 11.3 will be ready for wide release in about two weeks. Many major improvements. May Musk, Elon's mom, said, found this CBS News interview from 1998, Elon. I didn't know about the Emerald Mine and the wealthy parents until I read it on Twitter about 10 years ago. So why did we live in a rent control department? Hashtag FUD. Elon responded. He says the fake Emerald Mine thing is so annoying. Sigh. Like, where exactly is this thing anyway? Elon tweeted out that Plaid is sick uh, because it was the fastest car recorded doing 0-60 ever by Motor Trend exciting world of engineering says is an electric rocket possible elon says lol no newton's third law so he i think he specifically means he's talking about like getting into orbit right chris bergen said 27 merlin 1d engines to improve your saturday elon says it's amazing to see them work in unison so much has to go right for that to happen Peter Diamantis responded to this tweet from Sam Altman saying that colleges prioritize making people feel perfectly safe over everything else and produce a generation afraid to fail and thus afraid to take risk and thus on pace to accomplish extremely little. He said risk is our business. And Elon said risky business. Great movie. David Sachs says just got offered office space in San Francisco for the same price as 2009. Yikes. Elon said it will go lower. Ooh. Holmar's catalog said January 31st Starship Orbital Launch Elon. Elon says we have a real shot at late February. March launch attempt appears highly likely. Nice. And then Elon tweeted out James Stevenson's chart showing U.S. light vehicle sales 2022 versus 2021. Hmm. Not going well for most of them, is it? RGV Aerial Photography said Starbase Weekly is live in T minus five minutes. Massey's Raptor test stand is possible based on the caisson drilling rig being assembled. Which Raptor test stand is more plausible left or right? Elon says Massey's gun range is being turned into a rocket test facility. Perfect match. And Greg says breaking. Elon says you'll soon be able to bold and italicize words on Twitter. Any minute now. Elon said sped up trip there and back again. And this, of course, is the onboard view from the Falcon 9 flight to space and back during the small sat rideshare mission. All right. It's time for community mail time. Community mail time. And remember. Share your stories, your videos, what you see out there in the world with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. You'll get yourself on the show, most likely. Archie sent us these pictures from his recent visit to the Peterson Automotive Museum. Oh, man, look how cool that is. That's so fun. And he spotted this yellow R1T while driving in Lafayette, Indiana. Wow, it's a rainbow. Looks like a taxi. Matt found this VWID buzz in Oxford, UK. like the paint job. Nice, nice wrap. Yeah. Roger found this Rivian Amazon van making deliveries in Las Vegas. And our patron JD sent us this email about camping with his R1T. I watched your video on the Yakima tent and went out and bought one. The tent works perfect. Plus, you can plug in a heated blanket on cold nights. I took it one step further and added Rivian logos to it. Not sure how much Rivian or Yakima will like that. I found it easier to leave it mounted to the Rivian rails. I back into my garage, hook ceiling lift hooks to the ends of the rails, unlatch and lift it to the ceiling to store. Easy one person job. The new camp mode is awesome for leveling the tent on an unlevel site. 
oh, that's an awesome idea on how to get it off the back because yeah. it's a more than a two man job usually. It's pretty heavy. So nice, nice work. I love that we like had a little bit of influence there on yeah. someone trying it. I'm glad he had a good time. And he probably saved a bunch of money. Yeah. JD also sent us these pictures and videos from a Maryland Tesla Owners Club uh, get together at New Year's. Oh, that's so awesome. That is super cool. I love seeing our folks get together out there having fun. And our patron Drew spotted all these white Teslas at the Dubuque, Iowa Supercharger. Wow, was that planned or is this just luck? <laughs> or do people in Iowa like white? What are the chances? I don't know. <laughs> our viewer Anthony, who works for Frito-Lay, spotted these Tesla semi-trucks at their warehouse. Oh, sweet. That's fun. That's so cool. And Joe in Seattle visited the Lucid Motor store in University City, Washington. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Um, you can put those on our website at nowyouknowchannel.com. And also, we love to show you beautiful superchargers. And Mark in Australia sent us this beautiful supercharger and a message for Elon and his team. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I'm in the Port Macquarie Superchargers in New South Wales, Australia. It's a nice place to come because it's situated at a, a winery. And uh, you can see the grapevines over here in the distance. And nice tasting rooms over there. Excuse the noise. However, the problem is there's only six stalls here. And this is a very popular place to charge because it's on the main highway, Pacific Highway, going from Sydney to Brisbane. And there's just not enough infrastructure here. So all the stalls are full at the moment. And there's two cars waiting. And I've only just managed to get up on a stall. So we really need more charges here. So if uh, Elon Musk is listening, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated if you could add some more stalls to this station here. It's a very popular place to stop. Anyway, uh, signing off now and um, now you know. Thanks, Mark. Hopefully the Tesla Australia Supercharger team is watching. All right, let's see what we got for other superchargers out there in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott reporting in from the new Tesla Superchargers in Madison, Florida on exit 251 on Interstate 10. They're eight version three superchargers in the parking lot of a mobile convenience store and gas station. And there is an Arby's inside. This is open 24 hours a day, so you have good access to bathrooms. But there isn't much else available in this area. So, I'm going to rate it a 4 out of 10 on the new Jesse scale, where 5 is the old 8. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Steven reporting from Auburn, California, Supercharger. It's a 12 stall, seems to be a version two. Um, we've got one full install over there and 11 back installs over here. You're right across um, from the freeway. It's a little bright out there, but you can see the traffic going by on Interstate 80 or halfway between the Sacramento and the Truckee on the way to Reno. Uh, so it's a good stop if you're heading up to the mountains. Um, you've got lots of amenities around here. You've got a, a motel here in the background up above me. You've got a bowling alley over there where it says now open. 
You've got two taco joints. You've got uh, two convenience stores at the gas stations. You've got a Best Western motel across the freeway. You've got a big farm stand across the freeway. So you've got all kinds of things here to eat and bathrooms. Uh, I don't see any uh, places that you can... You can walk your dog out here too. So I would give this a nine out of 10. Now you know. Hello, Second Jesse. This is Alejandro reporting to you from Miami, Florida with a brand new, recently opened, I think less than a week ago, supercharger. This is a 12 stall, 250 kilowatt uh, supercharger. It is located in Southwest 40th Street and 69th Southwest Avenue. It is about a mile away from the highway or less. It has a Wendy's across the parking lot over there. It has three stalls that are gonna be very convenient for um, backing up with a trailer like that, that, and another one on this other side. And uh, even three of these superchargers have not yet been activated. So this is, you know, really uh, fresh off the press news. And I would give this a six out of 10, now you know. Hi, Jack and Jesse. This is uh, Salvador Rosas reporting from the Temascal Cingo Supercharger. Uh, it's a six stall version two uh, location, uh, located conveniently right next to the freeway on the Morelia route back from Mexico City towards Morelia. Um, this this location has a, it's next to a rest stop that has restaurants and a convenience store. It's a very nice location. Uh, I'd rate this location uh, eight out of 10. It's very convenient right off the freeway, great parking and great amenities. So this is Sal reporting for Tesla Owners Mexico. Now you know. Bye, Jack and Jesse. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Uh, it really is up to our community to do these reviews for us and put them up on our website where we have a map of all the superchargers in the world and you can upload your uh, stuff. And you don't even have to be in a Tesla to do it. You could ride a bike to it. You could walk to it. Like So just send them on in. We'd love to see them. It really helps. I used it the other day when I was on a trip. I mm -hmm. looked them up and I chose which one I wanted to go to. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? So this is the latest superchargers built this week. We have number 67 in Italy is the 16th stall in Bagnolo San Vito, Italy. The three stall in Zhenjiang Tesla Center, China. The three stall in Shenyang at Hunan Tesla Center, China. The six stall in Changsha Ping and Fortune Center, China. The eight stall in Gangneung at Terra Rosa, South Korea. The six stall in Gangneung B, South Korea. The six stall in Samchok, South Korea. The three stall in Yongjong A, South Korea. And number 114 at South Korea is the three stall at Yongjong B, South Korea. <laughs> number 133 in France is the six stall in Bray, France. The sixth stall in Shanghai at Wisdom 7 Cube, China. The sixth stall in Wuhan at the Hongshan Vanke Plaza, China. Number 50 in North Carolina is the 12th stall in Clemens, North Carolina. The three stall in Guangzhou at the Yumming Happy World, China. Number 1,572 in China is the three stall at Nangchang at the R&F Wanda Realm Hotel, China. Number 65 in Taiwan is the sixth stall in Taipei at Daya Takashimaya, Taiwan. And number 79 in New York, number 1,629 in the U.S., and number 4,680 
4680 in the world catch that is the eight stall in parish new york wow so we got to get a review of that that one one is uh top priority it should have a sign on it that's like (laughs) number 4680 that's great wow i'm so excited i the numbers just climb so fast it's unbelievable um, and thank you guys so much for watching the show. Thank you so much for supporting us, um, sending in all your happy thoughts and stuff like it really it makes a huge difference because um, this is a lot of work. Jesse and I really, you know, one of the things that makes the show hard, I'll be honest, is that in the early days, there weren't many things to talk about. Mm. So any bit of news was like, we're putting that in the show. Now there's so much news about EVs because it's becoming everything in the world. Right. And so much about renewables that we want to bring you interesting information. We also want to bring you accurate information. Um, and we don't want to bring you just a lot of stuff that's like, well, this might happen. So like every week, a lot of what we do is just calling through and trying to find out how to tell you the story well and how not to tell you things you don't need. Right. Because there's all sorts of things. Where it's like, well, they're going to be doing this. They're going to be doing that. And then it ends up not happening. And it's like, well, I don't want you to be thinking that that was going to happen. So, right. yeah, it is this weird balancing act. And yeah, in the beginning, it was so easy to report on Tesla news because it was like, well, okay, there's five stories this week. And this week, it was really hard uh, for me, at least, uh, talking about what I thought the first couple of days was just this amazing miracle story of the family that was saved by the Model Y that fell off the cliff. And I was just kind of like on a high. I was like, wow, this really shows the world how safe the vehicle is. And it does. But then to learn that, you know, there's the dark side to the story or possibly it just kind of, I don't know, just kind of stomped on it. And I just um, it's really sad. And I I love that so many of you sent in the story to us and we're like, look at this. I mean, it is great news. These cars are super safe. And I mean, I just urge you, if you're thinking about getting a car for someone you love, really consider a Tesla because of this. I mean, anything can go wrong, right? And you want a car that's going to try and protect you in any way that it can. Yeah. Um, And it just makes me glad that I'm driving one every day. I know. Because I'm just going like... I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And, I know, uh, especially when you see accidents where you have no control. Like, I think we all like want to believe that we have control. Like, I'm a good driver. You know, I'm a good driver, but sometimes bad things happen. And if you're in a car that can protect you from falling off a cliff, like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for watching. We're going to see you next week. And don't forget to support us over on Patreon. And if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, just hit it. It really helps the channel out so much. Yeah, and you can hit the like button on every single video. And I yeah. urge you to do it. It really it helps out the show tremendously. I wish it didn't. I wish you could just watch it like a normal person. But it, And don't worry, I won't <laughs> shave my beard off based on that. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Now you know. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.